Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Author Claire Evans is standing by to join us. She's a technology reporter and author of Broadband, the untold story of the women who made the Internet. She's here right now to talk about all the incredible women she got to interview and study to put this fabulous book together. Again, Claire Evans. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Claire Evans. Hi, Claire. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Actually, you're not just an author. You've done a bunch of stuff, and I also looked you up. You're in a cool band. Yeah, I know. How, I don't know. I, it's a weird life. Like, you know what? I think it's cool. I, you know, it's like you're creative in a lot of different aspects, and um, I know, like, I love playing guitar. I'm, I'm not amazing, but I, if you don't feed that creative part of you, those different parts... Uh, there's something missing. Yeah, I totally believe that. There's yeah. days where I want to hide in my office and work all day, and there's days I want to go on tour. And thankfully, knock on wood, I get to do both. That's awesome. So tell me uh, how you got to where you are now as an author. Ooh, um, well, I've always balanced being a writer with the day-to-day obligations of playing in music. So that means sometimes I write in the van and I write on the plane and I write in crummy backstage rooms. And I've just maintained a career as a science and tech journalist for over 10 years. And that slowly developed into this book project, which is sort of the accumulation of a lot of different interests of mine um, aggregated into one, you know, master document. I've always been really interested in the Internet. I've written about the Internet for years. I've always been interested in women's stories, especially stories of women in male-dominated environments, because... You know, I've been in my share of those, and I felt like this book needed to exist. So, um, you know, I brought the DIY spirit of of my music career to (laughs) the (laughs) desire to tell this story, and I I made it happen. I just want to say that for listeners, if you loved Hidden Figures or Rise of the Rocket Girls, uh, you're going to love this book by Claire. Could you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's essentially a history of computing and of the Internet, more specifically, told through women's stories. So I see it as a necessary corrective for all of the many, many, many books, movies, and TV shows that have been written about, you know, the genesis of Silicon Valley and the development of of computing technology, which, you know, I'm a fan of that genre of literature. I was a devotee of Halt and Catch Fire. Mm -hmm. I love, Love you know, I love this kind of history, but I had an inkling, and I was right, that there was a lot that was left unsaid about the experiences of all those other people that were in the room that weren't Steve Jobs or, or Bill Gates or, or the five guys who get credit for starting the Internet. And so it's sort of a deep dive. It goes all the way back to the Victorian age mm-hmm. with Ada Lovelace, who was the first computer programmer before computers even existed. Wow. And it spans all the way to the end of the dot-com bubble. So that's like a couple hundred years of history right there. Amazing. Um, highlighting women at every phase. Of the way. What was it like uncovering characters like Ada Lovelace? I mean, that's been really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's so wild about the fact that there haven't really been a lot of these histories is that there's so many good stories to tell. And it makes me so angry that I've seen the same, you know, Silicon Valley garage computer founding stories so many times, and I haven't heard some of these other ones because they're wildly fascinating. I mean, some people like Ada Lovelace you know, things have been written about her before. Many things have been written about her before. But there's characters in this book that I don't think have ever been in any of these other books. And, you know, it's I felt a huge responsibility when I was working on this to try to include everyone that had been excluded from, from tech history. But there's really so many that 
I ended up settling on on people that I thought were kind of representative of various trends at the time and, and, and spoke to interesting moments in computing history and were especially egregiously overlooked. So, you know, Ada Lovelace is just the beginning, but there's hypertext designers, game designers, you know, early interactive media pioneers, people who started social networks online in the late 80s, sort of the librarian of the first internet. It spans all kinds of contributions. And it specifically focuses not just on tech and, and sort of the engineering side of things, but also the creative, cultural, and social aspects of this technology. Because, you know, ultimately, boxes and machines and, and screens and keyboards are all well and good, but it's what we do with it that matters. And right. a lot of the most interesting contributions for me are, are the contributions that are made, you know, after after the computer is built and and actually trying to find applications that have social value or, or lasting cultural value. What a fascinating project. I mean, you want to talk about some of the people, like, for instance, Grace Hopper, for instance? Um, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many awesome characters in, in this book. Like, I, there's so many heroes for me, anyway. I, I look at this, this list of people, and I'm just like, there's a little bit of something you can learn from all of them. Grace Hopper is a super interesting person because she was she was a mathematician, but um, she enlisted in the Navy in World War II because she wanted to help with the war effort. And because she was a mathematician, she assumed that she was going to be doing you know, cryptography, cracking codes. But she ended up being sent to the basement of the lab in, at Harvard, where the first computer uh, was being built, a computer called the Mark I. And this is a computer that was much more like a machine than a computer is today. Like it had pistons and, mm-hmm. and moving parts. It was a, mecha- a mechanical machine. But she, uh, you know, she had no instruction set, no manual. She had to teach herself how it worked from looking at engineering diagrams. And she ended up, you know, discovering ways to translate mathematical problems that were important to the war uh, into computer programs, into software. So it's kind of a huge conceptual leap that she had to make. And she, she had to invent it from scratch because there was no canon and no precedent. And she did some of the most sort of important mathematical work on this computer during the war. And then after the war, she pushed for the development of programming languages and of, of systems that would allow programmers to, to approach computers as not just, you know, machines that only did one thing, but right. machines that could be applied to all number of uses using the, the magnificent, you know, variability of software. I love how you've, you know, created this awareness of these women back, you know, years ago that we've never heard of. Yeah. I mean, they're important and they matter. And, you know, a lot of those contributions weren't taken seriously at the time because in the early days of computer programming, it was seen as something on par with, you know, being a telephone operator or something. It was seen as like a secretarial job because there wasn't much of a distinction being made between hardware and software. But these people, these women who throughout, you know, the, during World War II and immediately afterwards who were interfacing with the earliest computing machines, you know, they they invented the conventions by which we now still to this day interface with machines. So super, super important contributions. Were there other uh, women that stood out to you? I know you talk about um, Elizabeth Jake Feinler. She's a librarian from mm-hmm. Virginia. That's mm-hmm. a one-woman Google. I <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's also an incredible character, and I was lucky enough to get to speak to her because she's still with us. Um, she had another one of these jobs that, you know, was perceived in its time as being secretarial. So in the earliest days of the Internet, when it was still a military network that was uh, being built by the Department of Defense uh, for use by computer scientists and engineers, super male-dominated environment, right, high-level academic computer science and the military, um, you know, that early Internet, it's nothing like the Internet we have today. It had no 
visual interface. There was no browser. There was no navigation tool. So if you wanted to find something on that network, uh, if you were an, a computer scientist who wanted to use one of the computers on the network, the only way to find out what was available uh, was to call this office called the Network Information Center. And it was staffed by this woman, Elizabeth Jake Feinler. And wow. she would answer the phone. And she was the one person who knew where everything was. She created the kind of white pages of the entire Internet. She was the one who would tell you where you could sign on and when and what was available. So she was, yeah, the one-woman Google of her day. And she did that job for almost 20 years, um, literally literally answering the, answering the phone of the Internet, like answering the Internet's phone. I, uh, it's a wild proposition to think about wow. now, but that's what she did. I know. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but that's, that's incredible. And here's another example yeah. of a woman that, you know, people don't know about. Yeah, and she's so cool because I, I asked her, you know, at what point did you realize that your job was going to be impossible? And she was like, right away, immediately. Mm-hmm. As soon as she started working on this job and she saw how quickly the Internet was developing, she understood before anybody did that the, the central issue of network computing was going to be information. It was going to be an information age. And she was the first person to actually contend with all of that information. Now, did you start off with the idea for this book or did the idea evolve after you discovered these women? Um, A little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly, I started writing this book because, you know, I had grown up online and I'm like an old millennial. And um, I had always thought about computers as being something that, you know, I had access to that allowed me to develop my voice as a writer, that, you know, it was a place, the internet was always for me growing up a place of self-expression and freedom. And I feel like in the last few years, as social media has gotten, you know, more weird and more toxic, I started to feel like as a woman, more vulnerable online, less free to express myself, um, just kind of disconnected from the sense that I'd always had that the internet was my country. And so I started writing this book just to sort of find a lineage that I could see myself as part of, you know, I wanted to see if I had forebears or, or what it, what the internet even is and who it's for and, and try to understand why I was feeling that way. And if, if I had maybe some heroes and some, some foundation to, to lay my understanding of my place online, then I could see myself in it and I could see myself in its future. And that's, that's what I hope the book does. I hope it, it helps people see themselves. Um, in the history of this incredibly important world-changing technology. I feel like what you've done is create uh, a very valuable piece of text that for young girls should be required reading because it's very inspiring. And young boys. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I don't want this to be no, a book just for girls. No, I know. I know. It's, yeah. it's important to me that we all understand this stuff together yeah. because if we can have more diversity in tech, we will make better things that serve our communities better because that's Very what true. happens when you have diversity at the table. All kinds of diversity, not just, you know, not just gender diversity, but racial diversity, no, social economic right. diversity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, that's, I, I think it's crucial for young girls for sure, but I, I also hope that boys read it too. No, you're right, because uh, you want them to have greater respect and understanding that it's not just about guys started everything, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like, I don't want people to look at this book and say, okay, we're done. Like, the history's been written oh, now. No. Let's go back to the stuff we know. Yeah. I want this to be the beginning because there, are, there were so many stories that I came across in the process of writing this that I couldn't include for narrative reasons or for the sake of space. But there's so much more. I could write six books about this stuff. The amount of contributions is really remarkable. So, you know, I hope someone takes the baton. I hope several people take the baton and, and write more of these histories because 
Not just because they're important, but because they're interesting and fun, I think. I feel like you could do a documentary on this, even if, you know, even a <laughs> short one of that. Because you have women that are still alive that were part of this that you're talking about. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I touch on these the early history in the beginning of the book, but most of the people in this book are still with us and mm-hmm. um, are either still making contributions or are still very much willing to tell us what we're doing wrong. So yeah. um, I think it's so exciting to get to meet them and to listen to them and, and to develop relationships with you know, our our foundational, our foremothers, if you will. It's awesome. Now, you're also also, uh, founding editor of Terraform, Vice's Science Mm -hmm. Fiction Vertical. Tell me about that. Yes. So it's a little bit of a a, a diversion from the historical. I know it's the opposite of the historical. It's it's the speculative. But I've always been really fascinated by by sci-fi. And we publish um, short-form fiction that speaks to the contemporary conditions of our world. So it's part of Motherboard, which is a vice of tech vertical, and, and we do stories about that are kind of ripped from the headlines of what's happening today. Because I think science fiction is a really useful way of understanding where we're going. And uh, the more we can imagine and uh, understand that, the more maybe we'll feel at home in the future. Now, we, I talked about this earlier, but I love how you're a writer, you're a musician. Um, was this something you always wanted to do as far as you know, writing tech but also being musical? I mean, it's kind of the circumstances of my life. I just ended up in this position. I feel very fortunate. But, you know, I've always defined myself as a writer, first and foremost. And even within the band, I mean, I think of myself as like, the I'm the singer of the band, but really I think of myself as the writer of the band. I write the lyrics, you know, write, writing songs. And the singing is just this way of communicating the writing. Um, I always joke that it's like hilarious that I'm technically a professional singer because <laughs> it's of all the things I do, probably the thing I do the worst. But, you know, I come from punk rock and That's I cool. think that, you know, the spirit is a big part of it. I love it. So where can people find out more about you, Claire? They can go to ClaireLEvans.com and all my information is there. Broadband is available wherever books are sold, um, preferably your local independent bookstore, but also on all the websites, including Amazon and um yeah. Perfect. I'm online. And you're on Twitter at uh, the Universe. Yes, I got. I'm an early adopter, so I got a good. I got a good Twitter handle. I have I at the that. Universe, which you wouldn't imagine how many people are tweeting at me as if I was the actual Universe. <laughs> <That's> pretty funny. <laughs> like romantic complaints, you know, you name it. That's really funny. All right, Claire. Thank yeah. you so much for calling in. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.